You're listening to the Quince podcast. A high-profile drug bust case from Mumbai has been grabbing headlines since the weekend and raking up the hotly pursued pitch of quote-unquote Bollywood drug nexus. Part of the reason for this enormous attention is because it involves Bollywood superstar Shah Rukh Khan's 23-year-old son Aryan Khan, who was arrested with seven others by the Narcotics Control Bureau after they allegedly uncovered cocaine, charas, MDMA, and ecstasy from the accused from a Goa-bound cruise ship. Though no drugs were found on Aryan Khan, he has not been granted bail since the NCB claimed that it has recovered quote-unquote shocking and incriminating evidence on his phone. The NCB also sought for custody for Khan and others till 11th October, but it was only granted till 7th October by a magistrate's court in Mumbai. While many TV news channels have given it the quote-unquote Bollywood drug nexus or the international drug racket spin, an angle that was amply used during the Sushant Singh Rajput case in 2020, what do we know so far about the case? How legally sound are the charges against the accused in this case? And why is this case making all headlines across the country? To discuss the developments in this case, for this episode, we spoke with former DGP of Kerala and author Dr. N.C. Asthana and Vakasha Sasdev, the Quinn's legal editor. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Emmat. For the uninitiated, let's take a quick recap of how the raid took place and the charges that have been invoked against the accused. Disguised as passengers, the NCB reportedly boarded the ship and then arrested eight people on the ship from whom they recovered drugs from or were associated with those carrying drugs. Shah Rukh Khan's son Aryan Khan was one of these eight accused. Aryan Khan, along with others, was booked under five sections of the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act, which are Section 8C, which prohibits the production, manufacturing, possession, selling, and consumption of any narcotic drug, and this section was read with Section 20, under which the possession of cannabis is a punishable offence, Section 35, under which the accused are presumed to be of culpable mental state and knew what they were doing, and Section 27, under which the consumption of any narcotic drug or substance is a punishable offence. The following day, on 4th October, the NCP reportedly alleged that they have found quote-unquote shocking and incriminating evidence on Khan's phone, which points to the existence of a quote-unquote international racket. And appearing for the Narcotics Control Bureau, Additional Solicitor General Anil Singh sought for reasonable custody for Khan till 11th October to quote-unquote unearth the nexus. Now, going back to the charges against the accused for a moment, for the possession of drugs, the punishment depends on the quantity of drugs seized, which is divided into small and commercial quantities, and punishments are different for different quantities. For example, seizure of a small quantity of cannabis, which is less than 1 kg, can land you in jail for up to one year, and the punishment will also include a fine of rupees 10,000. For a commercial quantity, which is more than 20 kgs, the jail time will not be less than 10 years, but may extend to 20 years and will also include a charge of rupees 1 lakh or more. Now, Aryan Khan's lawyer challenged the allegations by the NCB, stating that nothing was found on Khan when he and his possessions were searched by the NCB. His lawyers also contended that commercial quantity of drugs found with one accused cannot be used to incriminate the others. However, the magistrate court concluded that the investigation was at a preliminary and crucial stage and granted custody till 7th October. But 
given that there were no drugs found in possession of Aryan Khan, has bail been unreasonably prohibited to him in this case? Vakasha Sadev, the Quinn's legal editor, says that looking at the offences that Khan has been charged with, which relate to the possession and consumption of drugs, it is bizarre to keep the person in jail even for further investigation. So we look at Aryan Khan's, I mean, the denial of bail to Aryan Khan. It really, really does seem very, very uh, tricky that this has been done because there have been no drugs recovered in his possession. The police's remand order doesn't say anything about a drug test, which proves that he uh, consumed drugs. They have not specifically said anything about uh, having recovered a cha- any chats which show that he himself purchased any drugs either. So, you know, if you're looking at what are the sort of elements of a Section 20B offence, you know, which is what he's been charged with, or, you know, the sort of offences under which, they, you know, he's been arrested, uh, they're all about possession, consumption, or purchase slash sale. Now, you've not got any of those things specifically tying him to this. Uh, it's it's bizarre to say that there's enough grounds to keep this person in jail, even for further investigation. So that's the that's the first very very strange thing about about this. Now, you know, if you look at his friend Arvaz Merchant, who uh, you know, in whose possession some amount of drugs was found, at least there you can say that look, he was there. Maybe he met one of the peddlers. And therefore, you know, we we need him to be able to confront one of the peddlers and say, okay, did you know, or, you know, maybe to identify one of the peddlers and say, oh, I bought it from that person or, or or so on and so forth. But instead, if you look at the arguments made by the uh, by the NCB in the court, they focus their whole argument on, oh, you know, there's a whole drug operation here and there's this going on and there's that going on and, and these guys are involved in it. Now, this is just bizarre, unless you're not trying to make a claim that this young, that this you know, these two kids are part of a drug uh, trafficking operation. You know, they've become drug kingpins at a young age. This doesn't make any sense. You know, it really, 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 there, there's no factual basis to make this point. Look, why do you deny bail? Okay, look, the NDPS Act offenses under it are non-bailable offenses, which means that you don't automatically get bail, okay? So it doesn't, so it means that you can't just, you know, the moment you're taken to the station, you don't get what they call station bail, where the police will just say, you know what, cough up this amount of money and you can go and, you know, then you continue with the investigation. Uh, when when, a, when an offense is non-bailable, it means that the police have to, you know, that you will be produced before the magistrate. The police can't give you bail automatically. The judge has to scrutinize the whole thing and say, okay, yes, you know what, there's a, they have to apply their mind and say, yes, we think this person should uh, continue to be in custody because that's important for the investigation. Now, what are the grounds on which you'll say that? You'll say that that's important if the person is, you know, like a true kingpin and we've got to get the information out of him, which will, uh, you know, we've got to confront him with the other witnesses, with the other accused. We've got to, you know, really drill through uh, his questions and you don't get to know some answers. So that's that's one kind of person um, because, you know, there, there's an absolute need to still have them in custody, right? The other kinds of things you have to look at are, okay, is this person going to abscond if we let him go? You know, as in we can impound the passport. Under, so under, you know, bail conditions, you can say you can have the passport submitted to the court. You can have, like, this order saying that they have to come in every day to the police station or every couple of days, that they have to comply with any notice, you know. You can have all these things, but, you know, someone who's like a real escape artist can obviously escape, even if you put that, right? So you've got to look at someone like that, someone who doesn't have roots in society who can, you know, just just disappear very easily. Uh, that's that's another ground for, for denying bail. Then you look at, okay, is this person going to go and tamper with the evidence available? Like, what is the evidence there? Can they go and tamper with it? Uh, or you say, okay, this is someone who's going to go and threaten witnesses, you know, like a gangster or someone who's like got a real lot of clout and power and influence. So they're going to then go and physically, personally go and intimidate people or activate people by going out. Now, none of these grounds, none of these grounds really seem to apply here. 
What has also been curious about this case is how it has made the headlines for almost every leading TV news channel in the country. While at least eight people, including four farmers, were allegedly run over by the car of Ashish Mishra, son of Union Minister of State Ajay Mishra, what made to the front pages of many several English and Hindi dailies was the Mumbai drug bust. TV news debates on channels like Times Now and Republic TV had fewer updates on the farmers' protest in Lakhimpur Kheri than on the drug raid. These channels, known for their skewed and biased reporting in the past, also brought back their usual pitch of quote-unquote Bollywood drug nexus, which took prominence during the Sushant Singh Rajput case in 2020. The NCB also tried to make a connection to the Riya Chakraborty case, stating that the Bombay High Court last year had ruled that offences under the NDPS Act are non-bailable. So, are there any similarities in the two cases? Vakasha says that what is crucially missing from the list of offences in the Aryan Khan case is Section 27A of the NDPS Act for financing of drugs. I mean, this is where it becomes really, really messed up because this is sort of taking us back to the whole Riya Chakraborty case from last year. And, you know, because there, interestingly, now unlike, as we said here, they've not used 27 capital A in the charges here. Back then, for Riya Chakraborty, who they claimed had paid for drugs which were uh, acquired for Sushant Rajput and others, they said that, you know, she uh, is part of the of facilitating and financing, in, you know, international drug trafficking for the sake of payments, which, by the way, weren't even for commercial quantities. So uh, they, they did that then, and then the Bombay High Court ripped that argument to shreds. You know, they said that you cannot invoke Section 27A for things like this. Now, the reason why the cops had done it back then was because that actually made it really tough to get bail. Because the moment you have financing on the, you know, being part of the drug trafficking operation, uh, the court can only grant you bail if the thief are not guilty. But, you know, what the court found there was that this is ridiculous. You can't just say that if someone has, you know, has either just bought, paid for the drugs or even has found that that becomes grounds to say that they can be uh, pulled under uh, Section 27A. Um, you look at what the Bombay High Court also looked at some of the other considerations. They looked at back then whether there were criminal antecedents, whether she was really part of some chain of drug dealers. I mean, and these things were very much not the case. So how on earth is that now coming up in a case like this, in Aryan Khan's case, where you're not even making that allegation by putting the right charge. You know, this whole thing of making this into a Bollywood uh, fiasco is also something which was addressed last year by the court. And I'm going to read out what the, what the Bombay High Court had said last year. They said, everybody is equal before law. No celebrity or role model enjoys any special privilege before the court of law. And then they said, similarly, such person also does not incur any special liability when he faces law in the courts. Each case will have to be decided on its own merits, irrespective of the status of the accused. So what on earth is this whole, you know, Farago being created about uh, oh, B Bollywood drug nexus, this, that? That's got nothing to do with this case. Uh, at the end of the day, it's as simple as that. Look, if you have got some actual case and charges and offences against him, of course he should be prosecuted. Why should he get away as compared to, uh, you know, an average kid on the street? At the same time, the standards have to also be there. There has to be a valid, legitimate case. Like You've got to go have something which ties into that offence. And then you've got to follow the rules. Like, for instance, if you're looking at consumption of marijuana, there's a very clear thing that, you know, if it's, a, if it's not a commercial quantity, which it cannot be in this case with him, which it's not, because there's nothing on him and even his friend only has six grams, right? So if you're looking at that, then the minimum, then, you know, even if, he, if you've got proof that he consumed it or that he purchased it, the maximum punishment is six months, right? Under a particular thing, you can maybe try and which it can be flipped to it, it can become, you know, one year. But when it's that level of quantity, you're also, in fact, the courts don't normally even say that you have to go for prosecution. They normally say, in fact, that you can plead guilty and then go for counseling and avoid it becoming uh, a, an actual triable case. 
So all of those things are here, and yet you're seeing these fantastical claims made by the police, uh, by the NCB, uh, about his involvement in something, which there's absolutely nothing in the demand uh, request which says anything of that sort. So, I mean, it's, 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 it really looks like a perversion of, of what's happening here. Uh, and it's a real reminder of, of what happened last year with Ria. And at the same time, as you said, it's, it's hilarious that they're doing this without even trying to invoke the provision which allowed them to do that to her now. Let's consider the NCB's case of quote-unquote unearthing a drug nexus. How does the drug seizure in Aryan Khan's case compare to some of the other seizures made by the NCB in the past? In Aryan Khan's case, the NCB recovered 13 grams of cocaine, 21 grams of charas, 22 pills of MDMA and 5 grams of MD. And this of course made headlines across TV channels and newspapers given that a high-profile celebrity's son was involved in the case. Now, compare that to the seizure of 21st September of nearly 3,000 cages of heroin at the Adani-operated Mundra port in Gujarat, which has been labelled as the biggest haul by the NCB, but hardly made any headlines and we still have not received any updates regarding it. And despite the NDPS Act being one of the harshest drug acts in the world, which puts down a punishment of one year of jail and a fine for the mere consumption of narcotic drugs, cases lodged under the NDPS have only increased over the years. Cases in 2016 were 49,256 and increased to 72,721 in 2019. There was a reduction in cases in 2020 to 59,806, but that has reportedly been attributed to the national COVID-19 lockdown. According to Dr. Asthana, the NDPS Act itself has been used as a very potent tool of harassment. He speaks on the alleged evidence of enforcement agencies planting evidences on the accused. Like every harsh law, NDPS Act is also abused. In, because in that article, I have clarified that the Act itself divides Things, I mean, drugs into two categories, a small quantity and commercial quantity. A small quantity uh, incurs less punishment, commercial punish, uh, quantity incurs a larger punishment. Now, uh, it's not only for drugs, for many other things also, there is a great body of legal evidence available that the police are used to Plant, police means the enforcement agencies, they are used to planting evidence. Evidence is planted. For example, uh, in terrorism cases, you invariably hear of a white powder claimed to be RDX, which was found on them, or a Chinese pistol, as if somebody cannot commit an act of terrorism without a Chinese pistol. I mean, it could have been a Spanish pistol also. Why only a Chinese pistol? Or why only RDX? The fact is RDX in its pure form is not used. It is too sensitive to be used as an explosive in its pure form. It is invariably mixed with other things. And then when it is mixed with other things to make into a regular commercial explosive, it's no longer a white powder. It changes its form. But still, uh, the usual narrative is that white powder of explosive, Chinese pistol, such and such thing, uh, detonator, battery, wires, uh, such things were found. In fact, in one of the uh, in one of the seizures uh, that was last year, it was in district Balrampur of UP. They said that somebody was found with a suicide vest. Fine, but they also showed that the wires had a two-pin power plug connected to it. That was utterly stupid. It it cried out. It screamed that it is planted. I mean, if a terrorist is going to wear a suicide jacket, it has to be a self-contained device. You can't search for a power <laughs> outlet somewhere and go and connect yourself to that and then explode it. 
So that is cream that it was planted. What I'm trying to say that planting of evidence is not a new thing in this country. In fact, the law itself provides to obviate the possibility of planting is that in an ideal search situation, the policemen who are going to conduct the search, they should themselves get searched first. There should be independent witnesses and so on and so forth. And all such things are regularly flouted whenever evidence is planted and courts, uh, there are a large number of cases in which courts have commented adversely on this. So there are reasons to believe that if, if say for 99 laws of the country, evidence is being planted, how could for the 100th law, say the NDPS Act, this would be immune from it. So evidence is planted for that also. If we say that five grams of heroin is a small quantity, then in most of the cases of a small quantity, you would find that the quantity which is shown to be in possession is a little, just a little more than say six grams, seven grams than the uh, small quantity. I mean, how is it that every, every out of the 72,000 cases we take in this country, everybody weighs and takes exactly that much. So, and the very fact that 72,000 cases were taken last year, and if still we have, according to Bharat Sarkar's own figures, 2.94 crore consumers, this means obviously neither the cases nor the harshness of the act are deterrent enough. The court will be hearing the bail plea by Aryan Khan again on 7th October, where more evidence regarding allegations made by the NCB may also be brought up. This is a developing story, so stay tuned to the Quint for more updates. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.